Hey guys, we finally reached episode number 22 of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. We are joined by special guest Lakeisha Appleton. You know, Sean Appleton, Lakeisha Appleton. Well, anyway, we are going to talk about a mishmash of topics that cover the scope of being Hebraic, all the way down from just simple foundational concepts to some more complex topics like the mitzvotes. So you're going to enjoy this one. Sit back and relax. Come with us. It's Hebrews in Exile. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in, in Exile. Exile. We have with us this, this for this particular podcast a very special guest. And uh, her name is uh, Lakeisha Appleton. And she's very a special. very she's very intuitive and a very uh, brilliant person, has a wonderful um, Mary Kay operation that she's been working with and she's very successful at but uh and i think that one of the things that hebrews in exile really need to focus on is being able to have their own entrepreneurial ships and their own business uh particularly in light of the way the world is going at this point in time and one of the things that's in the news uh, currently has to do with the uh, Tulsa um, massacre in which that so many of the affluent African Americans who were in America lost their businesses due to mm, that's right. the racial the racial struggles that we have encountered in this particular exile. But you know, when I when I when I when I read the news and I read things like mm -hmm. that, and I'm looking at people of color who are working through this particular narrative uh, and blending mm -hmm. blending their the faith that we have in the Most High Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Nisqak, and Yaakov, uh, we're finding that things are a little different than the secular narrative, one, and not only different than the secular narrative, but it's also different from a spiritual perspective because by being, by being obedient to the, to, the, to the Most High's word, uh, and we, you, know, you know what we can't get away from? What is that? We absolutely cannot get away from Deuteronomy chapter 28. Yeah, it's 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 very much a narrative that is played out very much so relative to what's happening current events. Yeah, but but you know, but, <laughs> but the it thing talks is about the whole narrative. Yeah, I mean, now we're looking at as we as we talk about this, we're talking about the front of twenty eight, verse chapter twenty eight, verse one to verse fourteen, where he enumerates the blessings that follow Hebrew Israel if Hebrew Israel is obedient to 
to, to him, to his ways, and keep his mitzvot and his commandments, these blessings will follow you. Right. I will right. bless you when you go in. I will bless you when you come out. I will bless you, everything you put your hands to. I will bless the fruit of your womb. Those are the things that are dominant within the the scope of being a Hebrew Israelite that's following the Torah and the and the and the commandments of the Most High. So anyhow, I, I have uh, Lakeisha here with me uh, this for this particular podcast, and I would simply ask her, you know, what's on your mind? What what in in all of this? And we can we can we can go down different roads with this. But what 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 do you what do you see? I mean, talk to me. Well, first I'd like to say hello, everyone, and. Um, I would say what's on my mind most is history. And I say that because of the events that you brought up with Tulsa, for instance. People do not know about that history. And because African-Americans and even other cultures do not know about that history, they have a hard time grasping it. They have a hard time, even in some cases, um, you know, believing that that's something that happened. And it's the same thing we struggle with when we're sharing um, Yahweh with, you know, our friends and family um, is the fact that they have a hard time, you know, understanding history. And I think that... If you can understand that African-American history, meaning those that are, you know, that are have been born here in America that are of African descent. um, If you understand that our history did not start here in America. Right, right. Then you have to say, okay, our history did not start here in America. Our history started Across the ocean. <laughs> it started somewhere else. And if you can grasp that, which we know that, but I, some people, they don't, either they don't want to know it, they don't want to grasp it because they have been, you know, used to their way of life that they have been living, what they were taught since they were children or, you know, babies, if you will. And um, unless they have been looking for more, and that's kind of like the same thing even in, in my business. Unless people are looking for more, those are the people that antennas go up for. Their antennas go up. Their spiritual antennas go up when we um, speak our truth, when we use, you know, the Most High's name, Yahweh. Their antennas go up like, wait a minute. Um, right. This Elohim has a name. <laughs> yeah, Wait a yeah, minute, where, right, right. where did that name come from, and right. how did you learn about it? Right. And mm-hmm. um, when their antennas, because of what they've been, you know, getting mm-hmm. from their from wherever, from wherever yeah. they've been getting from, it, from whatever they've been <laughs> getting it from, getting their, it from yeah, from the religious they leaders, realize, right. okay. Uh, this is not it. I want, I need more, you know, it's gotta be more to it. 
it's got to be more to it. And that's when those are the ones, those are, you know, our Hebrew brothers and sisters that we are um, trying to reach. You know, um, I find that a lot of people, of course, can quote scripture and they even talk about the Hebrew Israelites in scripture, but they don't understand that that translate to them like yeah they don't know they don't, they don't know that, that they don't know that you're talking about themselves yes they don't understand it you, yeah, and, you, you know, know you're talking like they just kind of said they kind of put them off to like it's those people yeah over and, there yeah <laughs> and, and that's one of the things in, within this hebrew and exile podcast that the goal is to help our people to awaken uh to whom they to who they are but not just to also awaken to who they are but to realize that Without understanding the relationship that the Most High has with Israel and the covenant that he has with Israel in denying your existence and denying your history and denying your long, your long range history, you don't realize the amount of blessing that you can receive by being who you are and being connected to who you are, Sean. Yes, sir. Talk, talk to us for a minute about blessing. What 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 are what 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 are blessings? What blessings? When you look at the whole entire demographic of uh, scripture and text, blessings have a certain connotation to them that continues to keep repeating itself. You'll see the same idea, and it runs throughout Torah is that when Israel was always blessed, it was blessed in multiplicity. It was something that was continuous. They kept getting it over and over and over and over and over again. It wasn't just simply just getting like what we think of somebody giving us something. Oh, I got blessed with uh, 50 extra bucks as a tip because I'm working as whom, you know, a, a person that's a waiter or, or um, taking in some type of service capacity. But that's not a blessing. That's a gift because that is not something that is continuing going to happen over and over and over and over and over again from the same source. So when you think of blessings, you should think of blessings as something that happens in multiplicity. It continues to keep happening. It doesn't happen just once. Okay, so the fact that we inhale and we exhale. It's a blessing, yeah. Consistently. And that inhaling and exhaling that we that we do is not something that is that we take for granted, but it's something that the Most High and His creation of us has blessed us with the ability to have life. Right. That's right. that's that's that. So, so with that being the case, uh, when you look at the history of of Israel in this in this current in this current exile and even at this point in time in history you know um, and we find people always saying well, oh I'm blessed but is that that's just a it's just a saying yeah, it's, a saying. it's a cliche, it's, a cliche. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's I was in the barbershop the quite a few weeks ago <laughs> or maybe two weeks ago. And I asked the gentleman there cause he used the word faith. 
He said, I had faith that this guy was going to be such and such. I mean, it's just these terms we use nowadays are just pejorative terms. They don't kind of mean anything. And when you get back to the root of of what these words actually mean and how they're used in, in context scripturally, it has a whole different connotation to it. Well, so saying somebody's blessed nowadays is not really the true definition. There is a, a shift, um, a spiritual shift in um, wealth going on. You know, anytime you have a big, uh, something like the, the pandemic or you have something catastrophic that happens to, you know, the whole world, basically, you know, there's a huge shift that has to take place or that's taking place. But what, because, you know, um, what I do and because a lot of people that I'm um, affiliate with or around, they don't understand that there are some things you have to do in order to be a part of the blessing. Yeah, there's a list there, of criteria. There's a list of criteria you just don't... that needs to happen in order for you to, you know, well, talk about that be a, a part talk, what, of that. Talk about that. Part. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's, what, well, so, so now my next question is, well, what does that criteria entail? Well, I mean, the first, some of the first criteria, are, are we talking about the misfolds? Like, are you even... The what? The misfolds. Are you trying to yeah. do what scripture, what Most High told Moshe <laughs> that we need to do for generations? Now, see, she's just introduced a term that you and I haven't talked about. Uh -oh. We haven't used the word mitzvot yet? No, we haven't used, we haven't used the term mitzvot. Uh-oh. Um, so... <laughs> Oh, I'm dropping. So no, no. So so so. <laughs> right. Hold your point right there for a minute. Let's 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 deal with that for for a minute. Okay. All right. The Hebrew people of Israel that came out of Mitzrayim under the mighty hand of our Elohim, our God Yahweh, took us to a very special place and the whole narrative for which that he was having a problem with Paro was that he needed Paro to let his son, Israel, right. leave so that he could go, they could go and worship him. And the idea of worshiping him was that he needed to get them out of the multiplicity of God's and we are in an exile. We're we're much today in an Egypt kind of existence in a nation in a world where there are a multiplicity of gods. Correct. Yes. And you have to be able to separate yourself from the multiplicity to get to the single God, the Elohim of Abraham, Nitzchak, and Yaakov. He took them out and took them to a place that was called Mount Sinai. And on Mount Sinai, he announced to them the first listings uh, of the, first of all, the, what we call the Ketaban or the marriage certificate in expressing the 10 utterances. The 10 utterances are not the 10 commandments. They're the 10 utterances that bring together the marriage commitment that the Most High has with Israel. With Israel. Out of that flows, out of that flows some request that he gives us as a nation for being able to function. He gives us civil, 
Uh, he gives us uh, secular. He gives us um, um, fiduciary responsibilities. Uh, yeah, fiduciary responsibilities yeah. on how that we are supposed to conduct ourselves and live as people. Those are called mitzvot or commandments. Yeah, you won't find one country or nation of people who doesn't have a set of rules. Right. <laughs> right. You won't. You won't. So this kingdom that's across the street. Where are your enumerated rules at? Where are your 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 CCNRs? Well, let's make clear. <laughs> let's make clear that we understand what we're talking about across the street, because everybody don't know about across the street. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the New Testament does not have what the foundation of Scripture has. That's correct. Which is a govern. Which is a governance. Mm-hmm. And every every business has a governance. Uh, when you start a business, you write a you write a your bylaws and your constitution, which are the governance of how the business is going to run and operate. Well, the Most High has a governance and a constitution for His people, and they're called mitzvot and or commandments. Okay, that's now we got that out the way. Now, we, now, now we can focus now, back. But, do you remember your previous yes, today? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, okay. Now let's talk about that. I was just saying that um, there are some mitzvot. There are things that we have to abide by in order to, you know, receive those blessings and multiplicity to receive the blessings, you know, um, like Sean was saying in the term of blessings. And, um, um, what I find is that some times people feel like, mm, they can, maybe read a scripture or maybe say one prayer or maybe go to church um, or something like that. And they're automatically going to inherit what the most high gave um, or promised. And well, just because we went to church, just because you went to church. And that is, that is Are you claiming it? false. Go ahead and claim them Abrahamic blessings. <laughs> Don't see if you get any. <laughs> Wrong answer. Let's try it. Right. Wrong answer. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to claim this and disown the rest of it. Yes. And see, that's the that, problem. <laughs> yes. And there are a lot of them that, that they would prefer to disown, if you are. They do not want to abide by or do not believe in. And it's kind of like, how do you accept one such as, you know, the basics or, you know, the thou shall not steal, you know, thou shall not covet or um, thou shall, you know, honor your parents. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that in topic itself. Because I mean, I've had yeah. so many friends and associates that I'm finding this whole honoring your parents is like, I don't know, I don't think, they believe they are what? supposed to do it. Okay, so what do they say? What do they out say? of curiosity? What are they saying? Like they don't, they don't. You know, it doesn't say honor your parents and um, <laughs> if this or if that. That is not what it says. I mean, my dad, um, my parents divorced when I was nineteen years old. Okay, and um, my father never spoke ill of my mother ever and my mom never spoke ill of my dad to myself and my brothers you know and so what we knew 
is my dad said, that's your mother. You honor your mother, period. My mom said, that's your father. You honor your father, period. Mm -hmm. Our situation mm -hmm. has nothing to do with how you are, you know, how you are supposed to honor. So I grew up with, with that, you know, idea. Um, but lately, it's been like multiple people. Well, I mean, it's, it, you know, it who, speaks to uh, the that's a, it's a really, really tough subject for, and I, you know, my dad's well, gone to honor, now. To honor your parents, it's a tough subject for really? them to do. Uh -huh. I mean, I see it, and all I, I'm saying, you know, I wish I can say. Um, I wish I can say, you know, my dad passed three years ago, so I wish I could say to them, listen, you have your mom or you have your dad, and if I was you, they're not going to always be here. You don't know when they're going. But, I mean, that's I'm just using that as an example because it's just been a big one ah. that um, it's, hap it's, you know, multiple people in, in my life that are having a hard time, um, you know, honoring their parents. Well, see, this is the whomever. thing. This is a thing. And that's uh, a big deal. And on the same yeah, hand, they yeah, want to say, yeah. see, I'm going to be blessed or I'm we blessed. Can go, we can go to church and we can hear messages about love. And I think that in the midst and the multiplicity of most messages that, that have always been taught in Bible classes and teachings in across the street in the in the New Testament in the Christian church has been about Corinthians chapter 13, love. But love and honor, honoring your mother and father is one of the most critical mitzvot that the Most High has given us. And it has nothing to do with whether or not they have been been all that in the slice of bread to you. Maybe your parents were weren't 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 that good weren't that good to you. Maybe they weren't even good parents. But that's not the issue with the Most High. The Most High says, "Show them respect and show them honor and show them the fact that I realize that you are my mother, you are my father. Uh, we know as a family." what's going on, we know what's happening, but in spite of that, you're my mother, you're my father, and I'm gonna show you respect and honor because that's what the Most High asks of us to do. Well, Rabbi, see, well, I, hold on, hold on. Oh, I think that's a big issue that we gotta understand here is with, with the Most High. Why that it's a big deal? Why is that even a mitzvot at all? Well, I mean, because for me, I'm gonna give you my two okay. cents on it. It's, it's a big deal because who are your first Torah teachers? Your mother your and your father. parents are. It's not your pastor. It's not the Kohanim. It's not the Kohanim Gadol. It's your parents. Yeah, They're going to teach you the ways. Yeah, but I know that. But, you, you know, Sean, uh, in a lot of families, particularly in this exile, our parents weren't raised well, yeah, that's true too. To do yeah. that, and yeah. and in today's society, we got babies raising babies who, you know, and their mothers and fathers probably have never set foot inside anything of a narrative of a teaching uh, in light of the Hebrew way of living. So, but it affects not just that relationship; it affects every relationship. 
that you have. Yes. It affects your relationship with your spouse. Yes. It affects your relationship with your children. Yes. It affects your relationship with even friends. Yes. Because I can see the resemblance, you know, um, of how things are. Um, if you... If I don't get along with my mom, that will transfer. <laughs> yeah. It will transfer in my relationship with my female girlfriends. Yeah. It will transfer with, like I said, with, with my spouse, which was Sean. It will, tra- you know, because it's a very, very important relationship. And, um, and because I had a great relationship with my dad, I, um, I think that my relationship with my sons, uh, it impacts my relationship with with them because I have boys. It impacts my relationship, um, you know, with my husband and it impacts my relationship with my brothers. The relationship I have with my father affects it, it, you know, it affects even today, even though he's gone, it still affects how I communicate with other men Um Right. In my life, right. and so, um, anyways, I could I can go on and on about that particular topic, but <laughs> you know the 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 kicker is, and I'm just I just used one mitzvah, you know, but um, it's a plethora <laughs> of well, them. Well, Kiki, <laughs> I mean, excuse me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, how do you feel? Running your business now, and you started Mary Kay before 2007 when we were a Christian church. Since we have been in this Hebraic way, um, how would you describe your business then compared to now? My business, um, in the beginning, I think Sean was going to ask a question, you know, what was something that um, was was a struggle? It wasn't necessarily a struggle. It was something that I just had to learn how to do um, because I just didn't know how to do it other than, you know, cut it off, if you will. And that was uh, honoring the sh- the Shabbat. And um, everybody, you know, does huge events or these big things on um, on Saturday. And Saturday is the Shabbat. It's not my Shabbat. It's the Shabbat. And that's what I find that a lot of people say as well. They say, oh, um, Saturday is her Shabbat. No, it's not my Shabbat. It's the Shabbat. <laughs> I didn't make the day up. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's a good way to look at and, it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so so. Once, once I really, you know, um, you know, cracked down on. I embraced it. Yes. On, I'm not working on the Shabbat, you know, period. And then, you know, learning, you know, sun up, sundown. I don't do, I don't do work on the Shabbat. So my business has flourished um, since then. I have... You, know, you, 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 t- you, you got a topic there that, that we got to touch on. Okay. We got to do a little quick little sidebar once right. you get finished. I have, um, it's flourished a lot and it will, um, I believe that the Most High is going to continue to um, allow it to flourish. And um, the more that, it's not necessarily 
the works. I think sometimes we feel like, uh, I know that I felt like, you know, well, they're doing this, that, and the other. And most high, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, you know. <laughs> um, but I it's I don't compare myself anymore. I know who I am. I know I'm his daughter. And I know that um, I just keep continue to be consistent and doing what I know to do. And my business will continue to flourish. I have been working my Mary Kay business full time since my, my youngest and uh, my oldest was born. He's 13 and not many, um, not many people can say that. Um, I am able to, you know, input where we need input in our family household and uh, the flexibility that, you know, it has created to take care of my boys during the pandemic. It was a no-brainer. The boys came home. I was already at home. I didn't have to go through, you know, there were two million women who had to, had to make a choice to either leave their job or, you know, take care of their kids, teach their kids, if you will. I didn't have to make that choice. That choice was the most high allowed for that already to be set up. And I was able to, um, you know, go right into what, what they needed. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. The Most High says, if you will honor and keep my misfolks, getting back to 28, Deuteronomy I'll bless you when you go in. I'll bless you when you come out. Yes. I will bless everything that you put your hands to. I will bless. So he told Israel that you work six days, and on the seventh, on the on the sixth day, I want you to gather in all that you need to gather in, so that on the seventh day you can rest. Would you say now that you are Hebraic, that your ability to produce has been better by honoring the Sabbath and not working? Than, than when you were working seven days a week and not following the most highs word. Would you say that? Absolutely. And the biggest reason, even when I, you know, hadn't embraced it all the way, nothing would happen for me on Saturday. <laughs> like nothing would come out nothing of it. Nothing would yeah. come out of doing whatever I decided, well, I'll just do this or nothing would come out of it. And so and that was one of the biggest reasons why, you know what, Lakeisha, I'm saying to myself, you need to, you need to honor Shabbat, period. You, you know, that's just the bottom line and that's where you need to be. And so, um, because of that decision, absolutely. Um, like I said, now I can, I focus on other days that I do, you know, what I, um, was doing then or was doing on Shabbat. I, I just work them, do it other day, do other things, you know. And and the other thing is that it allows me to be a part of things that I'm supposed to be a part of as well that I notice. So, <laughs> or not be a part of, it's it's a, I don't want, you know, it's probably, <laughs> it's a real easy to be like for an event I don't want to do anyways. Oh, no, that's Shabbat. I can't do it anyways. <laughs> 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 but I think yeah. that you know that that what what the the overwhelming glaring idea here is that 
Israel is a self-sufficient group of people. Yeah, you're a nation of people. It's it functions within itself. It has its way of dealing with uh, being successful. Um, when we're we're given mitzvot on how we're to lend and how we're to how to cut cut that off at a certain point when that's not being you know. Uh, paid back after a certain amount of time, you're supposed to forgive it and how we're supposed to lend to foreigners and, and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. But we are a self-sufficient people that doesn't rely on another country or nation to support it. And that's one of the things that that I think is tough for us Hebrews in exile because of the way that we've been dispersed, getting back to Divin Room 28. And because of that, we find ourselves in a position where we're relying on other nations to do things for us. When again, our our, our simple, you know, anecdotal uh, uh, cure is just teshuva. It just it's summed up in one word: repent. We could if we could just do that, we would experience these things almost instantaneously. But again, like you're saying, I think this is the point of what we're bringing up here: is that repent and turn back yeah. to the ways of the Most High. You know. <clears throat> Here is a historical realization that our people don't realize. And while I have been studying and looking at the information that has come out of um, the uh, Greenboro, Greenwood, uh, Tulsa massacre of the wealth and the businesses of so many of our people that were liberated from slavery and were, were free to open their own business and gain the wealth that you did. The wealth that was generated during that historical time for which that another race of people destroyed was given to us and allowed us to be able to do in this exile because of who we are. And we didn't, at that particular time in history, I'm almost sure we had no idea who we were. We had no idea as a people why it was that we were blessed with such, and perhaps we even thought that our own hands were doing it. Mm. But see, that's where the idea of grace, and that's where the idea of mercy uh, comes in with the Most High, because the Most High has told Israel, I'm going to exile you into the world. And then we read back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, start at 15 through 68. We have all of these negative things uh, that apply to us in light of not doing what the Most High has said. But his mercy and his grace is applied to us in the fact that he understood that we didn't know. Right. We, 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 didn't, we didn't know. Right. He says, I know you're in exile. You're going to worship other gods that you have not known. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do things that are going to be, in my sight, evil or wicked. Or you're not going to follow my misful. Right. But in spite of that, because you are where you are, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm going to allow you to gain the sense of wealth to prove to you that I am in exile with you. And so now you're going to ask a question. Well, then, how come we got destroyed? Well, the Most High allows things to happen 
to show you something, then he turns it around in another way to show you the negative aspects to say that if you were a group of people who had, if your ancestors, number one, mm-hmm. had followed me and kept my misfolks and honored me, you wouldn't be in this exile. Right. right. Okay? Right. And uh, you're here because they messed up. Right. But even though they messed up and you're here, I'm not going to allow you to simply just perish. And may it maybe it seems like our ancestors have perished and it seems like we've gone through through some hardships. But when you look over the multiplicity of years, the four hundred plus years that we have been in this exile in this nation, I use the words of Maya Angelo. When you look around and I'm gonna use your words mm-hmm. at the okay. end of the day. <laughs> Yet we stand. stand. And not only are we standing, but we look around and there's people like you, Lakeisha. There are other uh, uh, African-American entrepreneurs in this exile that are flourishing and are prospering. And if you think that you're doing this on your own, you better take another thought about it and recognize that it is the grace of the Most High that is allowing us to be able to flourish even in these hard times. And that's because he is in this exile with us. And he told us, I will not allow you to utterly perish. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah. So. It's really good. Yeah. So, uh you know, it's it, we 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 have to wake up as a people uh, to recognize who who we really are, and if we keep denying our history, uh, as Marcus Garvey says, if we keep denying our history, we are a people who don't know who we are, right? And uh, and if we keep if we keep doing the same things, we're going to get the same results when the Most High has something much greater for his people. And the simple, the simple task is to teshuvah, repent, turn back to his ways. Uh, you know, when we first, when we first uh, decided to become Hebraic and turn to the Sabbath, there were a lot of people who said, well, I, I, I'm not doing that. I mean, I, I go shopping on, I do this on, on Saturday. I do this on Saturday. I do this on Saturday. Well, the ones that have left us aren't any better. Right. At this point in their lives, right. they're not any better. Right. But you look at yourself. You've got your own business. Uh, uh, we don't have to sing this. We don't have to sing the song uh, without actually knowing. Yes, I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy, and I know it. Right. And I don't have to clap my hands to show it. <laughs> you know, just look. Right. At, just look at me. Look. Look at the outer product of 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 what's what's going on. Um, it's it's a phenomenal thing. So you know, as uh, I, I'm just trying to encourage us as a nation of people to recognize that. Yes. You're in this exile, you're in this United States of America, and things are going to hell fast. We're, we're in the midst of a returning to Jim Crow uh, mindsets and laws, but that's only happening. Listen, if you believe that the Most High is in charge of everything, okay, then you have to recognize that he's allowing the things that are negative that are coming up on us to happen for one reason. Right. And the hardship that he's allowing to happen is to get us to cry out to him so that we will turn back to him. 
so that he can, he can redeem us. Because when he redeemed us, we're going to be redeemed. Well, I mean, it comes full circle back to what you started with and understand. You know, that other, that yeah. other redemption that you're talking about, that, yeah. that's, no, no, he didn't redeem you. Because if he redeems you, you wouldn't be in the, watch your mouth, Rabbi. <laughs> I keep telling you, you know, you got to tell us what you really think. You got to keep holding back. <laughs> you, kinda you, like... you wouldn't be in the mud hole. We wouldn't be in this mud hole <laughs> okay. that, that, that we're in as a people. And you would be able to have some, a sense of peace and resolve to know, to know this one factor. That no matter how hard it becomes and how difficult it is, I know that the Most High has my back because I'm honoring his word because he's my father, one. Number two, uh, he's my husband. Uh, number three, or I should have put number one, he's my creator, my father, and my husband. And obeying him is a far better uh, a far better action on my part than listening to somebody who can't redeem me and has no has no evidence. Yeah, and the evidence with his with with Israel is we have we have a plethora of writings that evidence the hand of the Most High redeeming and delivering Israel out of a, out of a multiplicity of things. And him standing tall. You got no better evidence than Deuteronomy 28. Because you're living in evidence right uh, now. We, I, we can't get away from it. We started this podcast. <laughs> we started these <laughs> podcasts. We started in Deuteronomy 28. We can't get out of it. We can't well, get out of it. To go back to something you mentioned, um, you mentioned about history. I have an, an example. Okay. If our kids, either one of them, come okay. home. Sure. With something in their book bag that does not belong there, what are you going to say? What will we say? We're going to say, where did you get that from? Exactly. Valid question. We're going to say, well, who gave it to you? Yeah. Where did you get it from and who gave it to you? Sure. Very, very simple, viable questions. Some people need to ask what was given to them. Yeah, who underst- gave it to you? Right. Where did you history. get it? And who gave it to you? Yeah, yeah. There was this. There was. I, I was. I was telling you. So I was you trying to save this, <laughs> and I was. I think I might have mentioned this to you too. Is that as much as as we we have a lot of fervor about kind of dealing with issues in the New Testament? Um, one of the things that I can say that Christianity did well was when we were in slavery, this is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but when we were in slavery, there was this movement called the Great Awakening. And it was where Christianity took on a, 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 a life of its own inside the United States. And what kind of helped our plight a little bit was the fact that Christianity posed this dichotomy that said these slaves are converting to Christianity. Go look it up. It's called the Great Awakening. It happened, I think, three times here in the United States. But it's very emphatic when it says the slaves were converting to. 
That not. means they were they something weren't, They weren't, they didn't start out that way. Right. And because of that, what the Great Awakening did was it created that dichotomy that says, okay, we as evangelical Christians, U- European Caucasians, have this issue now because the same God that we serve is the same God that they're accepting. So how is it that we can have this dichotomy going? We have to be able to deal with this somehow. Well, well, so see, that takes us back to our to a history that explains why it was that in Rome, Rome so supposedly in the Colosseums were killing the Christians. But it wasn't the Christians they were killing. They were killing Hebrew Israelites because Hebrew Israelites would not convert to Christianity. Christianity yeah. So now we have the story of the of the so-called Christians hiding in the catacombs. It wasn't Christians hiding in the catacombs. It was Hebrew Israelites that were hiding in the catacombs so that they wouldn't be fed to lions and be sport in the Roman Colosseum. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this awakening mm-hmm. that you're talking about has the same idea yeah, yes. that in this exile that we have come into, we didn't come here knowing about anything called Christianity. So the awakening of our accepting your European religion is something that became a part of us in this exile. We didn't come here knowing that. Right. That's then that's the point right there. We got off the boat. They threw us off the boat. We didn't know nothing about anything. That had to be handed to us. Yeah. We had to be taught how to read English. And furthermore, if you want to go a little bit further. There's this thing called the Slave Bible, where it had specific chapters ripped out of it. On purpose. On purpose, so it could keep you in servitude. This was not something that you you were a part of the Most High's kingdom. And we decided to do other things, and the Most High kept his word. And said, you know what? Okay, we'll put you out. Yeah. So... I want to thank Lakeisha for being with us uh, in this podcast and having some um, interjections into the thought and the ideas that we're trying to trying to portray to you. The goal of this podcast is to help our people do one thing, and that is to become less fearful, to realize that your deliverance resides in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and not Jesus Christ. And to realize that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is in this exile with us. And to realize that you are receiving residual blessings that repeat itself simply because of his grace and his mercy. And I want to say to you that we look forward to a greater day of true redemption when we will be brought back into the land and restored to our glory that we once had with him in the land, in the temple, with King David as our king and the Most High as a shining Shekinah over us. And it won't be like this no more. (laughs) Well, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And Sean Appleton. And And our guest... Lakeisha Appleton. All right. Until next time, we say to you, Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.